Hey everyone, we have a bonus episode for you this week. We have a very special guest in Reverend Daniel Christian Bradley, and he is bringing you Sunday service on a Thursday. We hope you all enjoy. I don't know what kind of struggle you're going through. I don't know what the situation may be, but you serve a mighty God. Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome back to Walk After Falling Podcast. I'm Julian and I got Catherine and we are so excited uh, to have this very special guest on today. We are here today with Reverend Daniel Christian Bradley. We're so excited to have you. Um, Man, this is awesome. This is awesome. This is awesome for me, man. I'm I'm so excited to be here and be a part of this uh, show with you and Catherine. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited that you um, enjoyed the plan too. That I means it, it did what it was supposed to do. So absolutely, absolutely. And I was just like, you know what, man, you have not because you asked not. So let me reach out to to the author and see what happens. I, I was like, I got this podcast. You know, I want to get people on who have been just a, a important part of my life and who've sowed into my life and through through that devotional. And we've uh, done a couple other ones that you've done uh, exemplified. And then I'm actually reading through now the royal class. Um, so, so excited to get those, um, you know, just walk, walk in those and just learn a lot from that. Yeah, thank you. It's, 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 it's been therapeutic for me, too. Like, it's been combination of different uh events in my life that god has taken me through and shown me different giving me different revelations from each uh encounter and then has released me at different times to write first the book taylor dreams and then taylor dreams was also my first reading plan with Mm -hmm. you first and then i got into the taylor life was next exemplify and the royal class the thing that's key about both of those is that both of those were written while I was in the hospital. So mm. Exemplify, I was in the hospital in 2017. Yeah. And while, it was, I was a really trying period. So I was in the hospital and then my uh, godmother died while I was in the hospital. She mm. passed away. And every time before then, like I'd be full of faith and then I'd get sick and I'd go in the hospital and like my faith would plummet. Mm. I would just, oh my God, I'm going to die. No, what's going mm. on? And this time I heard God say one word. He said, exemplify. Yeah. And he put in my spirit that that, and that was a game changer for me as a person that you were put here to be an example of me. Mm. And if you're an example of me, then you can't crack or crumble under pressure mm. shining those times. Yeah. And so I started doing that and my whole reputation at the hospital changed. Wow. Like, I was like the patient everybody loves, everybody <laughs> loved to work with, because it was like, yo, Daniel, he could be on life's death door, and he'll still be trying to make you laugh. And he'll yeah. still be trying to, you know, whatever. And so... I think I, I think I saw a Grey's Anatomy episode about you. <laughs> Man, I, I wish. If it was, I need my royalties. Uh, I could do some good with them royalties. Right. But, <laughs> but no, man. So fast forward into the royal class, um, you know, I continued. I had been so just last year in 2019, I'd been hospitalized a total of like 13, 14 wow. times. And the last time in December, and we're not talking about like an overnight stay, we're talking mm-hmm. about like state, like yeah. days or weeks wow. at a time. And the last one, I was in the hospital for like nine, yeah, nine weeks, um, from late December mm-hmm. until 
until late February. Wow. And um, this time I ended up being on life support again. I was on life support in 2018 in, in July. And that was, I hate to say like life support was smooth, but that mm-hmm. one was. It was like I was unconscious or whatever you call it. And yeah. um, I woke up and I was grateful to wake up, but I didn't know I was unconscious. I didn't know anything about wow. being related. I didn't feel anything. But this time felt like torture. Like it felt like if there's ever a time where somebody's like, did you feel like you died? Yes, mm. I did this time. It felt really bad. I was really fighting for my life a lot, you know, yeah. on more of a deep level or more of a spiritual level. I could feel it happening. I don't know how to explain that. I, I have memories from when it happened, mm. all of that. And I just remember my mom and them telling me, even once I woke up, nurses that weren't even on a unit I was on that I had encountered before were all coming by my ICU room praying for me mm. wow. and praying with me wow. because I had encountered them some other time and I exemplified Christ. Yeah. Wow. And so because I exemplified him, they they didn't want to see me go. They they wanted to to pray for me. They want the one lady said, it's just so hard to look at him like this because I always see him smiling. Mm. You mm. know what I mean? And yeah. I thought about the blessing in that 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 somebody's memory of you is you being happy in a place where most people are at their wit's end. Wow. And um, this time, when when God saved me and God healed me, and I mean, I, if you've never experienced God's healing power or you're cynical about whether God can still do the things now mm. that he did in the in biblical times, I literally, this time I woke up, I was on dialysis. They said I was going to be on what's called 24-hour dialysis. Wow. And so I got a kidney uh, transplant and a heart transplant. Wow. And that I wasn't going to leave the hospital. And let's just talk about that part right now. I'm at home having this conversation yeah. with you. So yeah. to the end. Wow. Um, I'm not on dialysis at all anymore. That's amazing. I'm, like, he healed me bit by bit, piece mm. by piece, brick by brick, put me back together again. Yeah. And... I, I felt it as he was doing it, right? Mm-hmm. And then I'm laying there because when I got sick in 2018, my dad came up and I was a miraculous thing. Me and him had this like tumultuous relationship, like mm-hmm. up and down, up and down, up and down. And I remember when I woke up and my mom and my wife were like, yeah, and your dad will be here tomorrow. And I was like, my father? Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah. And I was like, my dad, my dad's coming here? Because <laughs> he lives in Atlanta. And they were like, yeah. And, you know, from that day on, we got like this really, like our relationship got stronger. Yeah. But he said something to me um, that time. He was like, uh, God didn't spare you just to spare you. What is it he told you to do for the kingdom? Wow. And I was like, uh, I mean, I just woke up. Like, can I get a minute? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so this time when I woke up, I was like, all right, God, what, what are we going to do now? We started churches. We we plant and stuff in Africa because this was a big one. So I know we about to do something big. Yeah. And he he just spoke the royal class. Wow. Much like he spoke exemplified. He said, I need them to know what they have a right to just because mm. their relationship with me. Mm. That's good. And how the like royalty, like the royal family, they're not the ones. So to royals came about because these were regular men who convinced the rest of the people in whatever geographical area Mm -hmm. that they were the ones put there by God to rule over them. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. And everybody else who has ruled since that in a monarchy are rulers simply because they're related to the initial person who they look at. Right. Mm. And so 
years ago, thousands of years ago, there was a, a, a man who walked amongst men who we understand was the son of God, mm. who were, even when they crucified him, they call him the king of the Jews. Mm-hmm. And because of his resurrection power, right? Mm. Yeah. We are royal just simply because we're related spiritually. Mm. Man, that's good. And because we're related spiritually to him, we can't, that means like you can't uh, kick me out the family. Mm. <laughs> you can that's be good. mad at me. Yeah. The family can feel estranged, but you can't take my birthright away. Wow. And so then God says, so even if they've been away from home, I need them to understand like the prodigal son, we can have mm-hmm. a family reunion. Yeah. That's why the father wanted to celebrate. That's why the older brother didn't understand. It was because the father saw him and saw the opportunity to have a celebration because his family was whole again. Mm. And when God sees us, the reason angels rejoice when one of us is saved is because it's a family reunion going on in heaven because another soul has now come back. Man. Into the into the fold, into the family, yeah. and when people understand that, then they understand. Like I, I said in the Taylor Life, and I said it again in this in this plan about being a prisoner of your past. Yeah. It's because we keep crucifying ourselves more and more over and over again mm. for the same stuff. Like whatever we did before, it's like oh my god, it's like I remember thinking I was such a horrible sinner. There's no way God can ever use me. Yeah. There's no way I can get used. I didn't even think I, I deserved to come back to church. Wow. To come back in God's graces around people, right? Mm-hmm. And I thank God for my mom because my mom is somebody who raised me with faith. Yeah. Like she's a preacher and every sermon I've heard her preach from before I knew what preaching was until just a few minutes ago when we were talking, mm-hmm. it has been about, no, seriously, it's been yeah. about that hard. Abraham leaning on the promises, faith, yeah. you know, and so much so that another story about the hospital this time. <laughs> I met this great lady who is a wonderful rabbi, yeah, uh, named Ruth, and that was special because when I met her, she reminded me of my grandmother whose name was Ruth, right? Mm-hmm. And so she's this rabbi, she's teaching me all this stuff about the Jewish faith and this and the third, and you know, we get to this impasse. Where there's the kind of faith that the Jewish people believe in, then there's the kind of faith that Christians believe in, yeah. right? Especially when you get to like holiness and, and charismatic Christians, we really believe in in some real faith. No, mm-hmm. God can move the mountain. Mm-hmm. Not figuratively. He literally can move the Himalayan mountain <laughs> yep. out of my way. Right. And we believe it's gonna happen and it happens, right? Mm-hmm. And so she had like this practical faith of like, well, even if he doesn't heal you and you are in and see that even if faith is like the children, the, the three Hebrew boys, right? Mm-hmm. Well, believe God is able to deliver us from the fire, but even if he doesn't deliver us, we know he was able. Yeah. That's wow. commendable unless you about to go through the fire. Because yeah. if you go through the fire, the charismatic difference is we believe he will cut the gas line <laughs> and the fire will go out the faith, out, I mean, out the furnace. And I'm going to just be walking around wow. with no fire at all. That's true. Even if faith is, even if I go in the fire, I'm going to just walk around in the fire. Mm. Magic faith is, ain't going to be no such thing as fire afterwards. He's just going to do, no, nothing could be on fire out of that. We can go move food for the rest of existence. Yeah. Because my God's going to just deliver like that. Wow. And so my mom got mad because the woman was like, well, even if he doesn't heal you, you could do your ministry from the hospital bed. And me and my mom <laughs> both looked at each other like, <laughs> she crazy. <laughs> <laughs> She don't know about our guy, mm. like, and, but it was that kind of faith that I needed to push me, you know, on into believing 
that I could overcome it because yeah. I didn't need it even if I needed that he's going to. Mm-hmm. And and I got that he did it because I believed in that he's going to. Wow. And um, I think that's like a really big thing in being royal is you know what your bloodline brings power mm. with. That you can because you're related to the king. You if you say the king said, yeah, because everything the king says is a proclamation. Mm. And our in our government structure, it's an executive order, right? Yeah, right. In in a kingdom, everything the king says is a proclamation, and therefore law because it came from the mouth of the king. Wow. And in Hebrews, God says that, and I had no one better to swear by, so I swore by myself. Mm. Right. This oath. To, to meet this promise that he gave Abraham, right? Yeah. And that's what we have to realize is that everything God says is a proclamation. Mm. Thereby, it's law. So if God said whatever he's going to do for you and Catherine, he's going to do it Amen. because it's law, yeah. because he said it. So when we pray, all we're doing is reminding him of what the proclamation was. Yeah. God, you proclaimed that you that I am going to live and not die and Declare the works of the Lord. So I don't care what death looks like. I don't care how it feels like death. Mm. I don't care if it feels like I'm being pulled down into the depths of hell. Mm. I know at some point fire not going to exist no more because I got to live. Because you said so. And you're infallible and your word is true and will not come back void. Wow. And when you believe on that level, baby, the power you got, you are royal at that point. Mm. Because it's not about abusing the power. But it's about understanding the power you will just because and he has a humility in it. Mm-hmm. It's not that you're great. It's that you're related to who's great. Mm. That's so good, man. That's so good. You're giving me just like uh, energy right now. I, I feel it like from the t- from the top of my head to my legs, man. And and that's one thing I wanted to uh, ask you about, too, is, you know, in Taylor Dreams, that devotion, like going through all of that. How do you like what what brought up the way to look at it through the the head, the heart and the legs? You know, how do you use everything you've been through and break it down in that way? Can you can you break that down for the listeners? Yeah, actually, I heard that from another preacher from Reverend Kendra Smith. Mm. And we were doing a workshop together and she ended her workshop with the kids by saying that she said, "Okay, now give me something for the head for the heart and for the legs. And I started using that ever since then because it made made so much sense. Like, what did it make you think? Mm. What did it make you feel? And then what is it causing you to do? Right? So you have those three things that fall in line. And I felt like, well, God, that's good. Because this wasn't even a Christian workshop. Though she's a phenomenal preacher. Like, if you ever want to hear some some good preaching, uh, Reverend Kendra Smith is is your woman. She can can do it with the best of them. <laughs> but I, I learned that from her. I learned that head, heart, legs piece mm-hmm. from her. And and I just wanted to share it with everyone else yeah. using the reading plan because God gave me something different for each reading plan. So to tell the life and exemplify, I, I do prayer starters, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Tell dreams, it was head, heart, legs. And in royal class, it's affirmation. Mm-hmm little short affirmations that go with each day because and the reason for the affirmations is you're teaching people to actually proclaim yeah because the affirmation is what just a proclamation right mm-hmm. it's you're proclaiming something and so it's the i am this i am that i am this and, and that's because you're speaking against whatever voice the devil has told you that you are wow. the negative the negative voices have said 
and hair her legs is like, okay, I have to understand how to start being transformative. So how to transform my dreams into his dreams and how to understand that my dreams that have been cut away from and it looks like they've been chalked off. It's just they're being designed. And that's that's what a tailored dream is. It's a, you start off with this great big dream. Mm-hmm. And then different things happen in it. This piece, but now I'm not going to do that. And it shifts into this and morphs into this and morphs into that. And that's really that for we know all things, all, all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and are what called according to his purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, we quote that scripture and we just like all things work together for the good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we forget that last <laughs> that's, part. That's not what it says. It's, it, has some, it has some conditions with it. Yeah. All things work together for the good of them that what? First condition, love the Lord. Mm. Second condition, are called according to his purpose. Wow. And so it may not work together for the good of our purpose, mm-hmm. but it works together for the good of his purpose and what his design is. Mm. And relinquishing my right to have my dream my way is getting the, the first step on having a tailored dream. Wow. Because the tailored dream is just like you start out with tailoring. You start out with this great big piece of fabric. Yeah. And what is designer? The designer chalks out the pattern in, 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 in the fabric. And then you cut the fabric. And then you stitch the fabric together. And the quality of the, the finished product depends on the quality of the fabric, but also the quality of the type of stitching that happens mm-hmm. with right. Is it this double hand stitch that happens in some some tailors doing this, that, and the third? And that's even how you see what kind of tailor it was that did it. It's based on the way they stitched it together. Yeah. Well, God doing the same thing with our lives he's stitching different events together all things together for our good if we are called according to his purpose mm, that's so good and so if if i'm allowing him to tailor my dream into what's going to work for his purpose then i'm gonna have a tailored dream yeah yeah and i and i and and going off of what you're saying too uh, i think it's uh, I, look, I had to look it up because there was one that really stuck out to me and it's exactly what you're saying it was day five of taylor dreams it was you were cut for this and i'm just gonna, uh-huh. i'm just gonna read a, a quick little entry here because i love how you're talking about according to his purpose and him qualifying us and us feeling unqualified so you wrote He made the decision to qualify you while you were still in the belly of your mother's womb. He ordained you and he called you. And since that moment, every day that you have lived has been preparing you for the next day. Tell me a little bit. Tell me a little bit about that. What it means to be cut, cut for the kingdom of of Jesus. Um, And so a lot of stuff with Taylor dreams is. It was it was so personal, right? All of them are personal, but Taylor dreams was so so personal and i remember that day you're cut for this like anything i write anything i preach i'm preaching to myself first and there were so Mm. many feelings of being unqualified because my parents weren't married Mm -hmm. you know i didn't have a dad growing up you know in the household with me or even really most of the time in my life yeah and you hear all of these things that disqualify you because of that right a yeah. woman can't raise no man, and this, that, and the third, and all these different declarations that people make, right? Mm-hmm. And you start to feel you couple that with bad decisions that you make, mm. and you, and then you encounter what God sees you as, yeah. and you look at what God sees you as, and you're like, "There's no way I can do that." Mm. Like biblically relating it to like Moses, right? Mm-hmm. 
Moses was Moses when he was in a basket in the sea. Mm-hmm. But all the other babies was dying. Mm-hmm. And Moses was set apart for this reason of becoming who he was. Everything that happened in Moses' life was preparing him for God using him to answer prayers. They were prayed long before his existence. Yeah. Right? But when Moses encountered the burning bush and understood how God saw him, his response was, hey, but look, I stuttered. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, he responded yeah. with, God said, I qualified you to do this. He said, hey, but did you remember this? Because I ain't really supposed to be able to do this because of this. Wow. Remember this thing about me? Remember that thing about me? Remember this thing about me? And we start bringing up to God reasons why he shouldn't give us the gift that he's given us. Mm. And God just said, no, listen, you were cut for this. And that's a play on words of like, you're you're cut out for this. Mm -hmm. But also, literally, you were cut. Mm. You were wounded for this. Wow. Like, I used the cutting of you, the separating you from different things, the separating you from different people. I used that to mold and shape you into who I have called you to be. And so the things that people thought were disqualifying you, I was using yet to make you stronger, Mm. to speak to a specific tailored group of people who are only going to respond to your voice. Yeah, And that's what people have to understand about their power when they're called, is that God has a specific group of people cut out just for you. Mm. And nobody (laughs) reached them but you. Wow. Because nobody else understands what they've been through. But you, you don't even understand how deeply you understand what they go through mm-hmm. until you until you write it. And somebody says, hey, but on day five, when they said this thing and they bring it back <laughs> to you, you're like, dang, yeah. Okay, you heard what I was going through. Yep. No, seriously. That's why I love these conversations where people read the stuff God gave me. Because for me, I'm always nervous. Like, is this good? This ain't even good. <laughs> like, I remember when I when I published Telestream, so I was like, ain't nobody going to read this. This is oh, just wow. dumb. God, I'm putting it up though because you said to, but I stutter, so I can't tell Pharaoh nothing. Mm. Who am I to tell Pharaoh to let his people go? And God said, No, you're talking to the Pharaoh of people's minds. Wow. That people have been enslaved by mm. their own minds, so by their own thoughts. Mm. And you're going to bring them out of that slavery, mm. right? They're going to go in the Exodus reading this eight day plan. And I'm like, <laughs> Okay, God, sure. Ooh, <laughs> Exodus, going to happen. And then, you know, all these years later, about five or six years later, it's like, yeah, so on day five, wow. when you said such and such and such, or when you emailed me, like, yeah, I read it. I was really blessed. I'm like, wait a minute. Okay. <laughs> all right. People reading stuff. They Man. like it, too. And it's not like you're the first person. Other people have, have wrote, wrote it, too, or yeah. written, too. It's just always a blessing because we, we assume that the people who... I would argue and say even somebody as big as like a Bishop James mm. needs to hear that their word impacted somebody. Yeah, absolutely. Because, because that's why we do it. We minister like you guys are doing this podcast, not for your health. You're doing it because it's a God-given vision. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it has to feel great when somebody says, hey, listen, I know that I can keep walking in the calling God gave me because I heard your podcast yeah, and encouraged yeah. my life and whatever. Wow. It's just, it's not about vanity. It's about like encouraging you and giving you that encouragement of, okay, go start for Marcus. Like you're doing what God told you to do. It confirms for you yes. that you're doing, you're walking out with God, God yeah. told you to do. So I, yeah, that's, that's a real struggle and that's a real thing. And, and you're providing that confirmation for me by just uh, bringing up the story of Moses and all that. Cause that's how I feel. You know, some days it's just a real feeling. It's a very real feeling. And God gave me something years ago. Here's the thing. Am I good enough? No, I'm not. 
I'm yeah. not. You know what I mean? I'm not. Mm. But he's good enough. Yeah. And it's him that's working through me, not me yes. working through him. Mm. See, if it was me working through him, then it would never work. No. But because he's working through me, he doesn't need me to be good enough. He just needs me to be willing. Mm. That's so true. And then he'll he'll help get me the rest of the way I need to get in my personal life. And so I'm not saying, oh, you you could just be this drunkard and like, you know, totally a hypocrite or whatever. Yeah. No, I'm, not saying that. <laughs> I'm just saying that the devil will always find something to highlight mm. that yeah. you're not doing this right. Yeah. He will always find something to highlight that you said that could have offended somebody. Wow. Or that you said that did offend somebody. Mm-hmm. But are you willing to let God work through you? Wow. And as long as the answer to that question is yes, then I don't care whether it's a podcast, a church, mm-hmm. a kingdom it, in Italy they want you to run. <laughs> you're going to be able to do it because it's him working. No, but seriously, yeah, you have yeah, you're right. what, what God has, is cutting you for, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's cutting you guys for. It's cutting your relationship for. Like, we, you know, Mary didn't know when she was 12 she was going to be the mother of God. Wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mary didn't know that. Mm-hmm. How was she blessed among women? Like, how did that feel? Like, hey, Mary, <laughs> yeah. hey, God, let's go have on a baby. <laughs> like, she she had no clue that that's what was about to happen. Yeah. Like, but but that's what y'all got to forgive me. I'm sorry, I'm crazy. I'm a joke. No, you're good. But, this is amazing. But, I mean, awesome. but that's like the real way to think about it, right? Like, Mary was chilling, minding her own business, and here comes God. Hey, I'm about to give you my baby. Mm. What God? Whatever. I ain't I ain't doing that, and I ain't married. <laughs> You ain't got to do nothing. It's yeah. me. I'm about to work through you. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit in there. Boom. Wow. Baby time. Mm. God, shut up. For real. For real. He going to be cute? Okay, good. Let's do it. <laughs> and next thing you know, she's like Mary, mother of God. Wow. You know what I mean? When she had him, she had no idea she was going to have to watch him die on the cross. Yeah. Wow. When she watched him die on the cross, she had no idea what it was going to be like to go and see his tomb empty. Mm. When she saw his tomb empty, she had no idea what it was going to be like to see him ascend into heaven. And rewind all the way back to she was just this virgin who allowed God to work through her. Yeah. Right? Wow. That's it. <laughs> Joseph ain't know he was going to be Jesus' stepdaddy. <laughs> yeah. Right? You ain't know that. And then God said, him, look, nah, you can't. I know she's pregnant, but it's my baby. So I need you to stay there and watch it for me. Wow. So I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> I did everything right, God. Like, how, you know how people going to be looking at me like, come on, think like a man, right? Mm. People going to be looking at me like I'm stupid. Yeah. Ain't no way they going to believe this God, baby. They don't wow. have to believe it. You know what it is. I just told you what to do. Do it. Yeah. Uh, man. I mean, I ain't going to say no to God. So, okay, I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's a tremendous thing to think of. Whatever it is God tells you that you're going to do, you don't feel qualified for it because you're not. Mm. And that's what keeps you, makes you qualified for it. Wow. It's because you know that you aren't qualified for it. And because you know you aren't qualified for it, when it happens, you'll know it wasn't you, but it was God working through you. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's why God can only exalt the humble. Because wow. if you are already exalted, you have no room for believing that it's God because mm. you really believe it's you. True. But when you get cut for the basketball team, he can make you the greatest basketball player of all time. Mm. And then get <laughs> clear on this is not me, it's God. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's our losses that help define us. Because it's our losses that God uses to qualify us for the biggest wins of our life. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
That's so good. That's so good. Yeah, I'm just like I'm I'm <laughs> soaking it all in. Yeah, I'm soaking it all in. And you know, I think too, kind of going with like he he uses your weakness in like the area that he wants to work the most through you and that he is going to work the most through you. And that takes it takes kind of stepping out in in so much faith and really trusting that he's going to show up for you. And it's kind of what you were saying about, you know, the even if faith versus, you know, the faith that believes that he will cut that gas line and you're, there's going to be yeah. no fire. And that is so, you know, I've never I've never thought about it that way because I was never raised in that in that sort of faith. It was always, you know, there's there's going to be struggle and he's going to be with you in it. But I've never even thought like well, you step out in faith and see how he provides, like see how only he can provide. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll be vulnerable and say this, that, you know, in all of this time, there's people who are out of work and who are impacted by this, this COVID situation, this mm -hmm. pandemic financially. Mm -hmm. And it has hit our home. It has hit our home financially stuff that, mm -hmm. you know, most people would be like, how is he going to work? How is he going to move? But because I know what guys already brought us through, it's like, money yeah god got us mm -hmm. so god god supplied for us not by giving us extra money but by doing stuff like you know our car started acting up mm -hmm. and so we went and we took it to the one place to put it on a diagnostic machine they put it on a diagnostic machine but because they couldn't fix what was on the diagnostic machine they supposed to just pay for it because they telling you what's wrong with it mm -hmm. regardless of whether they fix it or not yeah but god said no nah, i can't even charge you man go ahead you all right Wow. And that was a hundred dollar gift. Mm. Right. And then we went to the dealership and the dealership not only put her on the diagnostic machine and told us they're gonna have to charge us another hundred dollars for doing it the diagnostic themselves because they don't take nobody else's diagnostic reports. But they did the diagnostic and fixed what was wrong. Wow. Then when we got there, they told us we didn't have a warranty that would cover anything because the car had too many miles on it. And then this is at the dealership, y'all. And then when we called and they had, and the mm. car was ready. They said, "Yeah." I said, "Well, what's our charge?" They said, "Oh, nothing." Wow. wow. There's no charge for that. <laughs> and so, is is God provided? Did God give me money in my hand to pay it? No, mm. but God paid the debt. Wow. And forgave the debt. And so it's like we have to be creative and understanding. Mm. God does what He wants to do. Yeah. How He wants to do it. You know what I mean? Even and, and you have to be kind of. Faith calls for a little bit of narcissism. Mm. And I'm going to tell you why I say that. Yeah. Like, because, man, we all know Geico, right? Geico has this yeah. thing where it's this little forgiveness thing they're doing. They give you this extra disc discount, like mm -hmm. Geico cares, I think is what they call it. Yeah. And mind you, I told you, like, finances, that's all right, whatever. Our, our, our car insurance bill is usually close to $600. Mm -hmm. For May, we only owe $94. Wow. Wow. Now, they doing this for everybody. They doing mm -hmm. some type of like discount for everybody, right? But my faith says, look at what God did for me. Mm -hmm. He created this whole program for me. <laughs> Just a, yeah, right. That's so true for me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's this old gospel song, uh, "Just for Me, Lord, Just for Me." When you start passing out blessings, save one just for me. Mm. And that goes back to even the, the tailoring is that He has something that's cut out just for you. Mm. Just for you, Man. like, like just this, just there for you. That ain't for no nobody else can even because if it's tailored, it's not like off the rack. Anybody who wears a size medium can fit it, right? Mm -hmm. But if you 
don't, you know, for, for something to tell it, it's not just that it's a size medium, but it's cut out for my body, mm-hmm. my specific body shape, my specific style. It's cut out just for me. Wow. And, and, you know, I think that that's another thing that I'm learning in this season is that, you know, just like the devil will bring some tailor-made temptations, mm-hmm. God had to tailor-made response for it. Yeah. Wow. And so I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm, yeah. I am excited in this season and to continue to see or to see what God continues to do. Um, I think that this is, while it's a, a, a season of horror for a lot of people, that there's going to be a lot of blessings to come out of this season too. That there's going to be a lot of encouraging mm. people who come to the forefront. That there is a leveling off and a change that's going through even the church. Yeah. This happening that's making church more accessible than it used to be. Because yeah. church is almost just like a government building where the government building has all these resources in it. Mm-hmm. But you don't really want to go there because you don't feel welcome there. Wow. And you don't feel like you understand how to get to the blessing part. Because you got to get through all of this red tape first, mm-hmm. right? Like the scripture, the story that talks about the friends that lower the man down through the roof for Jesus, yeah. mm-hmm. right? If you read the text, the thing that jumped out at me the last time I preached that was it says, and they could not get to Jesus because of the crowd. Oh, wow. And so you need help. Your friends are going to take you to go see Jesus. Jesus is out. Mm-hmm. But because mm-hmm. there's so many church people between you and Jesus, you can't even get to Jesus because of all these people that's in between you and him. Mm. Well-meaning people, other people who need stuff from Jesus, mm-hmm. not horrible people, not whatever, but it's just too many people. It's just so, so much in between you and what you need from him. And so these guys had to get creative and figure out, well, how can we get just right there in front of Jesus? Because mm. <laughs> I don't need to go through all of these people. When you go, we used to go to the club. They used to have a thing called the cut line. <laughs> and so you had everybody else that was in line. And then you could go up to the bouncer and say, look, how much is the cut line? And he was like, give me another $50. And you give him $50. Okay, you coming in now. He used to be VIP, leave him alone. And that's how they, these guys, it was like, where's the cut line? Wow. That roof, we can get through that hole in the roof. <laughs> and like my faith says, look at God, put that hole in the roof just for me. Wow. Just for me. Look at this. I can and I can fit, y'all. Y'all just lower me down from this from this hole in the roof so I can go see my Jesus. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's it's the example, the practical example of faith that we see in the Bible. We see the woman with the issue of blood. She's gone to all these other physicians. She heard Jesus is coming. It's all these what people in between her and him. Yeah. So no, she's getting lower down, but she could get low and crawl. Mm. And in both cases, it caused the people to lower themselves, to humble themselves mm. so they could get to what they need through Christ. Wow. Either lower this, themselves down through a roof or lower themselves down on their belly and crawl. Mm. But either way, when you really want to get in front of Jesus, there's a lowering that has to happen, mm. a voluntary lowering. Because God will lower you, but that's not good. <laughs> but it's when you decide to lower yourself. Wow. I'm going to humble myself before the Lord. Mm. I'm going to shrink before the Lord. Mm. Because you were, you can't shrink in front of nobody else. No. But I'm going to shrink before God. I'm going to humble myself before God. I'm going to lay prostrate before God. I'm going to go back to the old school faith. We're going to tear God. Right? You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I think, too, that's that's kind of what people say in addiction, too. You have to hit your rock bottom in order Uh to even, even want to make a change. Yeah. 
Absolutely. You got to hit that rock bottom. Because any other time you can, you play with the fact that you want to change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know what I mean? Especially, especially dope fans. Like, dope fans are very charismatic. So they just, oh, yeah, nah, mama, I'm a change. <laughs> I'm a change. But it's not until they go to change and nobody else is there with them for them to hustle that it's like, you know, I really got to change. Wow. And they have that moment of, you know, even my father's house, the servants in my father's house have meat to, to eat and, and to spare. And I'm sitting here, you know, I mean, in that prodigal sound moment of, you know what, I could go and I don't even have to be. And that's to me is like the world class family union piece is, you know, I don't even have to be royal anymore. If I could just get back to being in the house. Because wow. there's some stuff that you get from being in the royal family and other stuff that you get just from being in that royal kingdom. Mm. Right. That kingdom, people inside the gates live better than the people outside the gates. Wow. And so if I could just get into the gates, I could be homeless in the gates, but I can't be homeless out here outside the gates. Yeah. Outside the gates is for lepers, but inside the gates, or at least they give me some spare food. Mm. And I had silver and gold, but they Paul and them will walk past and I or Peter and them will walk past rather than I get healed from the shadow. Like that can happen as long as I'm in the gate. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so we we have to, you know, like really understand and connect to that, you know, with us, just like really connect and understand who God is and who we are in relationship to that. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. This is so good. This is so good. Yeah. And, and just like we're, we're here, we're just receiving, man. Mm-hmm. And I want to know, I want to know what, cause we talked about it on the phone a little bit. I want to know what got you to this point to be so fired up and so full of the word. And you're just inspiring me right now. So can you tell us a little bit about your, your walk, like your journey up, up to this yeah. point? It, 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 I had to talk about my fall. Like, mm. that's what it was. It was like, uh, Catherine said, you hit a rock bottom. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I'm not talking about getting sick either. I'm talking about, I had been, so I, I've been, like I said, I was raised well. I was raised to be exactly who I am now. I was raised to be a preacher. I was raised mm. to be a man of God, more so than you would be a preacher, right? Yeah. Um, I, didn't, I can't say that my mother was a hypocrite or my mother was anything bad. My mother showed me every good example she could show me. But I had some church hurt. Mm-hmm. I had some church hurt from, you know, the initial church I was going to. And it made me not want to be a church person anymore. And not only that, it made me not trust church anymore. Wow. Now, I never disliked or distrusted God. I just didn't mess with his people. Yeah. Like, let me be clear. And because of that, I walked completely off the path, like completely off the path. Um, and it's funny, I'm glad I can tell this testimony. I never get to tell this part publicly. Yeah. I walked completely off the path to the point where I started working at a strip club. Mm. And I'd be working in a strip club and call myself off the path. And imagine being being in a strip club and the, the strippers start talking to you about their problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. and so God making you be used. <laughs> Even when you try to be bad, you try to get a lot back. So they're like, Yeah, I just got so many issues. I just don't know what to do with my life. And you're like, Oh my God, you gonna make me pray for this girl right now, God, for real? <laughs> and then it was, you know, I had a cousin that decided, you know, for whatever reason he wanted to tell people, like, Yeah, you know, Daniel's supposed to be a preacher. So I want the guy who managed the club was like, Well, you can't come in no more. Oh, wow. Like, what you mean? Like, now I had a contract with the club. So I had, like, people working there as bouncers and stuff at the club. Wow. So it's like, they ain't about to tell me I can't come up here and get, this is my money I'm coming to get. Yeah. Just that, so he said, well, you can come, but you can't come in. 
And so we spent about the next year of me coming up there, but not going in and sitting outside with him, going through the Bible, wow. talking about God. And this man came to my house one Sunday morning, about four or five o'clock in the morning after the club closed and said, I need to get saved right now. Mm. And if you're not going to do it, get out my way and go get your mother. Wow. But I need to be saved right now. And he gave his life to God and he stopped working at the club. And to this day, he's a man of God. His brother who worked at the club is saved. His brother was dating this girl, one of the dancers of the club. She saved. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All for me going, like people will say, oh, God doesn't bless you in your mess. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I don't think he rewards bad decisions all the time, but I do think that he can use you mm-hmm. even when you feel like you're unusual, unusable. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't and so then and then it wasn't until I met my wife that I really felt like I need to live in my purpose now. Wow. Because when I met my wife, what a good woman will do is show you where you're deficient. Mm. And I was on top. I had an organization I had started. I was doing this and the third. That's why I was trying to negotiate with God about this preacher thing. <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, I'm doing your work anyway. So, you know, I just ain't got to get in that pool pit. Ain't gotta give me no title. Because with the title comes is responsibility, right? And now yes. people want to act like a reverend. And I'm like, well, what about the nights I'm gonna act like a fool? Well, I can't do that. <laughs> you know, like day three in the royal class, I talk about the the king, the queen, and the joker. Mm. Talk about how the joker is in the court. The joker gets to be around the king and the queen, but the joker doesn't have a legacy. Wow. The joker's leaving nothing for his, his children or his children's children. Um, and he's not royal. Mm. But he gets to joke around and have fun and be like royal. Wow. And that's what a lot of us are like because we're so stuck being a joker. We're not operating in our royalty. We're operating like royal life. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, like it says about the devil, he roars around like a roaring lion. He's not a lion, mm. but he tries to act like a lion. Yeah. Right? And so um, I was w- walking around acting like a king, but I wasn't a king. Wow. And I didn't realize how much I wasn't a king until I met a queen. And then it was like, well, I need to be in position to do this. I got to do that. <laughs> Lord, I got to get a 401k. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, all right, God, we got to make some changes. You know what I mean? And <laughs> I was willing to change my whole life. And as I changed, um, I'm not going to say I changed for her, but God used her mm-hmm. to point me back to him in a more serious way. Mm-hmm. Yep. I went through the thing of like, I don't want no church and I can't be in no church and I ain't about no church. And then, you know, God, again, just for me, he saved this guy and made him become a pastor just for me. Wow. Um, my father in ministry, Reverend uh, Tony Lee, uh, pastor of Community of Hope AME Church here in, uh, in Maryland, Temple Hills, Maryland. Mm-hmm. He started this wonderful church where they started out in a club. Wow. No better place for a guy like me, right? Mm-hmm. They, started, they started out in the club, but then they moved from the club to the mall. And now they've moved from a mall. They're, they were supposed to move into their new building, but, the, um, you know, COVID has slowed everything up. Yeah. But they're moving into their new mill building. And until they've moved into their new building, what they're doing now is they are actually, on Sundays, they have the virtual church happening. But then during church times, they're giving out food and groceries and masks and toilet paper and all of this kind of stuff on Sunday. So it's like on Sunday, we show service and then we do service. Yeah at the same time. Now, I'm not a member of that church anymore. Now I'm at Maple Springs Baptist Church with Pastor Sam Tarver. He's another guy that's been blessed to me and blessed to be in 
and have him in my life, him mm-hmm. and his family. He's another person that's really big about community. Every Wednesday, they do the same thing. They give out 500 hot meals for people who, wow. who need to eat. Um, and so God has is, is blessed me to mm-hmm. be around some really great men of God. You know what I'm saying? Like if uh, Reverend Lee is my spiritual father, then uh, Pastor Todd is my spiritual stepfather. Mm. Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> or father-in-law. Yeah, yeah. that's why he's better that way. Father-in-law. Because he's the church that my wife uh, grew up in. Yeah. I'm saying that ironically as I'm talking. My uh, first lady is calling me now, my uh, <laughs> his wife. But um, it, it's it's wonderful, man. The, the, the legacy, the the lineage that I'm connected to spiritually is is wonderful. And that's what helped push me and get me more and more on fire. And the sermons that Pastor Lee and his brother Billy preached every Sunday, it, it was fertile ground. It was something they used to say every Sunday. And this was from being a member to being on the ministerial staff. Everybody in the church would have a point where they would say, um, you are at the right place at the right time to become all this God, mm. all that God has called you to be. And God has a blessing with your name slam on it. Wow. And saying that year after year, day after day, Sunday after Sunday, every time you come to church, you start believing it. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm in position. And I'm positioned at the right time and in the right place. And I'm about to be all God called me to be. And he has a blessing named Simon Taylor made for me. Mm-hmm. Right? You see that? Yeah. And so and so I would I would give credit to all of that kind of stuff. That's where I, I'm fired up. I'm fired up because I know what it's like to have no fire. Mm. You know what I mean? Wow. I'm, I'm I'm excited because I've been humbled. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know what it's like to walk this planet and feel disconnected from God, even though you're not disconnected from him, you just feel disconnected, right? And I know what it's like to feel that connection. And 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 now it's just like, you know, if you've ever been in a bad relationship and you get in a good relationship and you're just doing everything you can to keep that relationship, mm-hmm. that's how I feel about God now. Like, I ain't letting you go. Uh-uh. What you want me to do? You want me to iron my shirt better? Let me go iron my shirt again now because I ain't trying to do you, God. <laughs> I got me a good guy, yeah. you know. You know, so it's it's is that you know what I mean? It's the excitement of knowing who I am connected to. Yeah, wow. he has gifted me to do and, and anointed me to do. Yeah. So that's 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 how I got here. That's where I'm at with it, and yeah. I'm uh, I'm excited. And in those moments that you were feeling disconnected from God, what sorts of lies were going through your head about like what was keeping you from him? Like how, how did the enemy come in and attack you in that way by your own thoughts? Well, first it was, you know, this stuff isn't even real. Like when I was younger, right? Because these people are so bad. These people did this to you and they said this to you. How can you be around them? Wow. And they ain't even, you ain't even having fun. You ain't even getting no money. Like, they just poor and broken and mean and this, that, and the third. And mm. you will be better off if you just go over here. Because why accidentally go to hell? Like, why be in church and go to hell mm. when you could just go to hell on purpose? Like, wow. this is literally the dumb thing I feel for, yeah. right? Like, and so I used to say, like, yeah, I'm I'm VIP in hell. I'm not going to hell on purpose, wow. right? Like, and I was horrible, you know what I mean? Really horrible. And then so after... The devil does, he tricks you into or entices you into the life of sin. And then once you sin, even just a, a little bit, right, then he makes you feel like you can never go back. Mm. Because now you've done something that so, makes you so unworthy of God's love and God's grace 
that you can't go back. Yeah. And so then it was, well, how you going to go back and then they know that you did such and such. So see how it is at first? You should just do such and such and such. Mm-hmm. But how you expect to go back after you did such and such and such? Mm-hmm. And so it's it, it, it was those kind of tricks. And then even going back and being back, it was like, I'm a whisper preacher. And when I say whisper mm-hmm. preacher, like, he was asking me to preach from me being a preacher when I was a teenager. And I was like, yeah, I could do it. But don't post me on social media. <laughs> don't tell nobody I'm doing it. Wow. Don't what I, like who you know sneaking around to preach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But that's how unworthy I felt. It's like I'm a priest and I'm gonna let God use me, but I don't want nobody to know. You know what I mean? And, then it, and, and most of the time, I remember when I got licensed, I finally felt comfortable saying. Okay, y'all, I, this happened tonight. This thing happened. Yeah. And some of the same people got, I mean, the, the devil had convinced me to think what's going to be like, oh, you hypocrite. How you going to do it? Stone him. We're saying stuff like, oh, I'm so glad you finally figured that out. What? Mm-hmm. You knew? <laughs> How you know? <laughs> and these ain't people that, that claim to be church people. These were like people I was running around with. And they like, wow. I knew you was a preacher, boy. <laughs> God, God is good. Look wow. at the way God used you. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I could have did this five years ago. This is crazy. Wow. You know, but, but but God, you know what I mean? God really, and that's why I think I'm really big on the whole, like, don't be a prisoner of your past thing. Because mm. um, I think that a lot of us get stuck in that. Mm-hmm. Get stuck in, you know, our past and what we did. Yeah. Yeah. So would you say that's like your true north? Like what, what, what? truth what promises do you hold on to that bring you out of that um i just hang on the promise of i am who god says i am Mm. and 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 he calls me you may call me this or that or whatever and and you may be right about some of the stuff you called me right yeah but i i only respond to the name that god calls me Mm. good jacob was jacob until he wasn't true you know what i'm saying yeah Abram was Abram and said he wasn't. Wow. You know what I mean? And so I was, Daniel was all those names you want to call me until I wasn't, until God called me. Wow. And when God called me, my name changed. Wow. My character changed. How I am and who I am changed. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I said, I give my wife another credit for that too. She really helped coax me into this whole other person. Like, Mm. baby, you don't have to worry about, like, I was so insecure about stuff. Mm. Um, and still hurt from people who had hurt me through the years. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you don't have to live like that. Mm. You don't have to. You Come on in the house. You can get something warm to eat. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, I can. I wow. can do that. <laughs> and so, sometimes what, what we need, God to give us a cheering section. Yeah. And wow. Sometimes that's what you need, male or female. You need somebody to cheer you on mm-hmm. and say, yeah, you can do it. I believe in you. You could get it done. Yeah. And that's that's the one thing I like about us or love about me and my wife is that we, 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 we are almost like how, you know, our siblings are like your best rivals and your best, if you're lucky that you're your rivals, but they're also like your biggest cheerleaders too. Mm-hmm. Like that's how me and her are. It's like, you need to get it together. You ain't got it together. You need to do this. that. Together. Look at what you did. Look at you just doing good stuff. Like, you know, it's both sides of the coin and it's a beautiful thing for me. Cause it's exactly what I need. Like it helps. She's my accountability partner, but then she's also my my booster. Like she's also like, man, I am so proud of the ways you accomplished that and you did that thing and you held on and this, that, and the third, and you know, yeah, all of that. 
And then it's also like, you need to do a little bit more. You're not, what are you doing right mm. now? Like, wow. you know, did you pray about that? Because it don't look like something you prayed about. That looked like something that was your idea. Wow. You know what I mean? And 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 you need that. Mm-hmm. You need that. I do that same for her. Like, what do you, baby, seriously? <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like, hey, look at you. Seriously, this is great. You know what I mean? It just yeah. all depends on the day and on what's going on. And so, you know, God has been so good to me, though, man. Like, I was laying around the other day, and I was just thinking about how, you know, how good God has been. Like mm-hmm. I said, this, this has been so emotional, this last period of being sick, um, of, of really feeling like, yo, death is possible. Like, this can happen. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you, you start to feel invincible sometimes, right? Yeah. And then you realize you're not. Wow. And then it's like, oh man, like I could die. Like it could have all been over that quick. Mm-hmm. And I never said this to this person. Never said that to that person. Never whatever. And so I'm not a super like emotional person, but I've been super emotional now, wow. like since, since February. Like I'll just break, burst out crying sometimes, mm-hmm. and not not out of being sad, but by the, out of being so grateful mm-hmm. of who God is to me and how God loves me so perfectly. There's a song. It says, you know that I'm not perfect, but you love me perfectly. Mm. And that is, I think, the you said your true north, north, north of what you hold on to is that mm. God already knows everything the devil was trying to whisper to me that I am. Wow. And even even still, he loves me perfectly. Wow. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's... um. No, that's amazing. That's awesome. And yeah, you know, a lot of times when we're just walking through those through those seasons and and those feelings and day to day, even, you know, sometimes we feel it day to day, minute to minute. But just knowing who you are in Christ and that and that's a thing that I love because, you know, it's that it's it's just something he puts inside of you that sometimes you got to self-discover it. You got it. You got to know, but it's already there. It's, and that's the thing that people sometimes don't realize. It's it's already in us. It's already yeah. in us. Like you said, we're cut from that cloth. We just got to we got to look in the mirror a little longer and see how how nicely fit that is and how bright that color is. And that's amazing. And uh, I just want to ask you, you know, you talk about, you know, when you talk about you and your wife's relationship and that affirmation that she gives you and you give each other, what affirmation would you give our listeners? Um, God, it's so much. I, I guess I'm trying to think about how to make it concise. <laughs> <laughs> I would say keep listening, keep growing and keep becoming. Mm. And as long as you do those things every day, like you're listening for God, you're you know, growing in his word and your faith and you'll keep becoming who he's called you to be. Yeah. Then I think those are like the three three points I would leave somebody with out of this conversation. Wow. Keep listening, keep growing, keep becoming. And you turn into an affirmation by I am listening, I am growing, I am becoming. Mm-hmm. So good. So good. Thank you so much, uh, Reverend Dan. This has been a treat. This has been so good. I mean, just I feel like I received a, a word on, on Saturday before the word on Sunday. <laughs> you know, I'm going to double dip this weekend. And, you know, what you're saying is so true and it's so relevant to this time and so relevant to so many people. And I'm, I'm thankful that the Lord just connected us in the way that he did. Thank you. Thank no you. I appreciate it. I appreciate being able to spend the time with you and Catherine and, and talk and 
talk to your listeners. Do you mind if I end us out with a little prayer? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Um, God, we just thank you for this time, for this fellowship. We thank you for this show, God. We thank you for everybody to listen to this episode and hopefully that they have heard the stories and the anecdotes and the things that we've shared, the testimony that we've shared in a way where, God, if they don't know you, they get to know you. If they do know you, they grow in knowing you, Lord God. And either way that they grow in becoming who you call them to be, God. We thank you, Lord. We love you. We praise you. We lift you up. We magnify your name right now. Mm. For we know the demons in hell are trembling mm. at what the army is that you are raising up from the listeners of this podcast. Amen. We ask that you please strengthen, Lord God, your host, and keep strengthening their relationship and keep strengthening their calling. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah.